When Scott Kim was undergoing grueling and lengthy rehabilitation after childhood surgery for spina bifida, little did he know that years later he'd be heading Neofect, a medtech startup that brings game-based physiotherapy to millions of patients worldwide. What launched Kim on an entrepreneurial career path was a class taught by Darden professor Sarah Sarasvathy and a serendipitous encounter with a fellow Korean-born Darden student, Ho Young Bong, whose family members had struggled with stroke recovery. Inspired by Sarasvathy, Kim and Bon set out to revolutionize what they saw as an archaic approach to physiotherapy. In 2010, they launched Neofect, which has since raised $17 million in a Korean IPO. Neofect built a global market for engaging computer games which combine artificial intelligence and virtual reality to help stroke survivors and people with spinal cord injuries recover. Let's start with your company. What is Neofect? Neofect is a medical technology company that develops software and hardware for patients with neurological conditions, like mostly focusing on the uh, rehabilitation side. And so make that a little more concrete. Give us an example of one of your leading products. Sure. Uh, our flagship device is called the uh, Rapiel Smart Glove. And it's basically a hardware wearable device mainly developed for stroke survivors. And it's actually paired with our proprietary uh, Rapiel software. And the main concept is the uh, rehab through games. And so you wear this wearable device and all the motions that all the motions that you're making with the glove on, once you put it on, then, you know, all the motions are recognized by the uh, software. So you're playing the games like, you know, catching baseball or pouring wine or just even teasing the cat. But at the same time, you're actually going through the uh, clinically proven process for your rehabilitation as part of your rehab journey for stroke recovery. And the software actually has the uh, built-in artificial intelligence. So it does have the uh, recommendation feature. So take it as rehab version of Netflix. I mean, for Netflix, the more movies you watch, then the better it knows you. And then it actually knows what kind of movies you want or you need. It's the same thing over here. It's like the more you play with our device and software, then the software actually gets to know you better. And then like it gives you like different, like different and customized individual like training sessions that pick like different games for you. Wow, that is so interesting. So now I've seen an image of the glove. How is yeah. the glove d- detecting someone's motion if they're severely impaired? Uh, so that's the thing. I mean, our device is for rehabilitation. So like we, the, the, the device requires like minimal range of motion. So if you can, I mean, like the, if the motion can be seen by any human eyes, then like they're eligible. But if it is for anyone who completely lost the product, then we have something else. But like, since this is like 
for active range of motion training, you know, like as part of the uh, rehab. And so it's only for, yeah, the eligibility is for those who actually have some range of motion left. I see. Now, is this considered, I'm curious, in the U.S., is this considered a medical device, technically speaking, a medical device, or, or does it fall into a different category? Yeah, it's an FDA registered product, and then it is a medical device, and it is actually selling to both like B2B and B2C customers. So for B2B customers, like, you know, majority of them are like large hospitals or rehab centers. And so such as Stanford Medical Center and NYU Medical Center and New York Presbyterian and, you know, Dignity Health and Swedish Medical Center, like, you know, like in, in Virginia, like VCU and Shattering Arms, like those are our customers. Met Star in Washington, D.C. So lots of the uh, big names in the United States, like, you know, they're using our devices, like as part of the, uh, the treatment for their stroke survivors. And we also have the uh, B2C unit and we have we have about like thousands of American like using our device and software in the comfort of home. And these are all paying users. And, you know, like it's so you don't in in the comfort of home, you can still like rehab yourself. And then the main differentiation feature that we have is the, uh, the measurable feature. So anything that you do with our glove and software like it measures everything. So instead of just like saying, yeah, like you did a good job or you seem better than last time, it actually tells you exact data by telling you, you know, compared to three weeks ago, like your range of motion for your wrist pronation and supination got better by five and seven degrees. So we can measure everything using our technology. And that's the uh, one big differentiation feature for our home patients. And also the uh, B2B patients, B2B customers too. Right. That's incredible. So give me a little bit of the backstory. So, and I know you've had partners on this journey. Uh, where did the mm-hmm. idea or set of ideas come from such that, you know, you, you wound up where you are today? Give, give us the Genesis story. Yeah. So I was a uh, first year student at Darden. And when I actually entered Darden, like I, I wasn't too sure like what I wanted to do. And I did, I did, I did management consulting before Darden and like many like focusing on like HR and organization. So I was just thinking about, you know, like kind of like stretching that out to uh, like, you know, like more like strategy consulting and, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And, but then again, like I, I, I met this guy and he was also from Korea and his name is Ho Young. And then, I mean, we happened to, uh, take, take this class together, like, which I think, I think it was the, uh, Professor Sarah's and she, I think she, she, she's in like entrepreneur division. And that class was pretty inspirational. And like, it was like, it really like opened up the wall for me and just like, you know, like anything is possible. Like if you want to do something, if you want to like found something, then like, you know, go for it. Don't be afraid of it. 
so I learned that, and then, you know, I became closer to to this to this guy, and then we we, we talked about a lot of like different ideas. And Ho Young had a friend of his from his college days, and this guy's type of genius, like with like he was working on like his PhD in engineering at USC in Los Angeles, and. Like this, and then like he had probably like more than 200 ideas. And then Ho Young and I would just like after, after this class that we took together, like we were like talking about like, you know, like his ideas, like we would just go over like his friend's idea. And then one idea really like struck both of us. And that was the, uh, the smart glove idea. And then I thought it was great. And Ho Young's father actually passed away from stroke. So he was emotionally really attached to the disease and his family was not really wealthy. So they didn't have enough means of, you know, like doing anything for his dad. So like he, he wanted to like make something that can be beneficial for, for people in similar situations. And I was also like, I spent a little bit special childhood too. I was born with type of disability. It's called the spina bifida and on my back. And it's, so I've gone through a surgery and I had fair share of rehab growing up in my childhood in South Korea in early eighties. So I knew it's pretty like, it, it's pretty tedious process. And then even even in the eyes of, you know, like five, six year old kid, like I was, I was really bored. And then like, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really know, you know, what outcomes, you know, like I am getting, but I was just like doing what I was told to. And so like anything like this, like the concept was great. And like, you know, I thought, you know, we have a shot. So, and we were, we were getting really inspired by like Sarah's, like Professor Sarah's like, encouragement. And then, we were, yeah, we, we basically had like the mentality of like, why not? And then, I mean, we were the uh, first year students at, you know, MBA school. We had like nothing to lose. And, and then like Hoyang was actually against the idea because, like he just like blew his fortune. <laughs> like he, he, he was basically like penniless. Like when he came to Darden and then just because like he, he did the, uh, his startup right before Darden and he wasn't too sure, but you know, like, I, I mean, I, I came from a completely different background and then I thought like this was really a fun idea. So. We, yeah, we, we talked about it and we realized that there is a, uh, like financial support program run by South, South Korean government. And they, you know, there is a program that, you know, that backs the, uh, you know, the entrepreneurs, like when it comes to any technology that can be beneficial for the country. And so we like, and then like we, once we realize that there is such program, then like we really spend like day and night. And I think we realized that there is such program probably like a few days before the deadline. And then I remember like just like, yeah, running back and forth within his house and my house in Ivy Garden. And then just finishing up the proposal and then really down to the wire, we did it. And then, yeah, we got selected. And then we got like, we got like $150,000 like for the first grant. And, 
yeah, it was like a world to us. And then we were like getting really confident about the possibility. And then, yeah, and then we didn't look back. <laughs> yeah, what was, was, what was the moment when both you and he, or maybe just you, said, yeah, this is what I'm going to do now? Because as you said, you came to Darden with a different background and maybe not necessarily doing this. But there was a moment, it sounds like, where you were pretty confident about it. What was that moment? Um, uh, I mean, first of all, like, I realized that I wasn't really wanted by, like, strategy consulting <laughs> field. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, this is not a good fit for me. And then, like, you know, like, that, that, that became pretty clear, like, in January, February time. And, but then again, uh... Yeah, that South Korean government funding was great. And then we were like, there was like the first time we, there was like the first time we, we actually were recognized by like, you know, someone like who has the uh, credentials. And then second of all, like, yeah, I think really the Sarah's class was very motivational. Like, I mean, not only was she just like, encouraging everybody, like, she literally like had like research. She's like, <laughs> look at this number. This is the survivor rate. I still remember the class. Like she's like, this is the survivor rate like for the uh, company like who can stay like you know one year and two years. And then so her class and then her research was really tremendous. And and I happened to uh, like I did my internship like summer internship at Yahoo in California. And so like, yeah, like, and, and then I, I came over to California and I mean, Yahoo was still relevant back then. And then Young and like, I was like, just like, I was a lot, I think I was a lot more focused on like networking with people, uh, like with, with this new effect idea, because like I've never been to California before and I've only heard about it and they was completely different setting. Like before Darden, like, you know, I, I, I went to UNC as part of my undergrad in Chapel Hill and then I was in, you know, Midwest before. So it's like, like when I, as soon as I came to California, like everyone had like completely like different mindset. They're like, yeah, like everybody like tries something new and then why, you know, why, why can't you? And then like everywhere I go, like, you know, I don't know. It, it really looked like, it looked, 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 looked like that to me. It's like, everyone's like talking about new idea. And that was a time that like, you know, like people started talking about like apps and iPhone and things like that. And I mean, like, and like, you know, like not everybody actually understood what the apps were when I was at the, uh, like probably like first year of the, uh, like the school. <laughs> And like here, it's like, wow, this is like, this feels like future. So I was really lucky to get to, like, I was really lucky to get to meet like some other like very successful entrepreneurs, like the majority of them, you know, like the, uh, who, who sold their companies to Yahoo, who, whose companies that like, got acquired by Yahoo. And then, and then they're like giving me lots of good advices. They're like, yeah, do this, like, don't do this. And, but majority of them, I mean, like everybody actually, like everyone said, this is good idea and very unique. 
then you, you guys should just go for it. Don't look back. And then basically they're just repeating the same thing that Sarah was talking about. So I think all these like combined. And by the time like I came back to Charlottesville after the internship, like Hoyoung and I were like pretty com- confident and they were like really pumped up. And then we started like, you know, like sketching out like almost like impossible plans. <laughs> And then, yeah, we were like so psyched like back then. <laughs> so uh, I want to come back to that, but take me, continue through the narrative. So what happened right after you graduated then? Yeah, that's the thing. We started working out on this, like on this business, like while we we're at school and then we got sidetracked and then. We, we went through a lot of up and downs, like first year. And I mean, we, we, we tried like something else and then we kind of like wasting lots of money. We wasted a lot of money and then $150,000 was not, cause like when we got it, we thought, wow, this, this is crazy. But like when we actually started running the company, we realized that like, this is like, this is not a lot. And then, so by the time we were, graduating like we we had to make a call like because like our goal was you know like we all work on this business all together and then bring it to the united states like within like six months if not like three months so but then again like about the time when we were graduating like everything was completely different i mean still like we were getting praised by you know classmates or the professors or you know like other guys other entrepreneurs but like reality was different it's like we we're like running out of cash and we kept like you know pouring our own money and so we had to make a call like so what are we gonna do so we made strategic decision that you know like hoyoung goes back to korea and then you know, like I, 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 I had to like stay in the States, like for, so that like I can keep networking and bring the business back. And, but then again, like, you know, like there's a visa situation, like as a foreign national, like you can't stay like legally in the United States, like without, you know, like proper job. So I actually had to uh, like step away like a little bit for, for a couple of years and then for a few years. And because I, you know, like, just in order to legally like stay in the country, like, you know, I, I, I had to find, you know, like new jobs and, and then I couldn't, you know, like it's, you can't really do like two jobs like at the same time. So that's what happened. But yeah, like we thought like still, we thought we could make it within six months, but that six months like became like almost like four years. <laughs> and then what put it back on the table? So obviously those four years were long and I wasn't, you know, like the things were going and, you know, like as a major shareholder, like, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't really involved with like day to day stuff, but probably like big decisions. And, but like lots of times we were, like we were like basically running out of cash. Like that was the most difficult thing, like finding the, uh, like finding the proper investors and, you know, like, I mean, finding investors are, it's really important because like, 
you you are in a desperate situation, but at the same time, you don't want to get money from like anybody. Like you should, this is like very important for anyone. It's like you have to find a person who's like genuinely like you know excited about idea and like really believing in 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 us. It's because like if 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 like just because like this guy is rich and then like willing to fund us. That doesn't mean that, you know, like this guy can actually, you know, move forward with us in, in the right direction. So we were still selective. And so lots of fast forward, like lots of up and down. And, but finally, we were able to like get into like series A funding. So I think back then we we're probably raised like, like five million, like three, three, three to four million dollars. And then really like dreams came true. And then we actually had enough money and actually investors started like pushing us like to, to go to the States. And, and then, and then we were like, yeah, we actually are ready. Like we know like, you know, like who's going to be in charge of this. And then, and then they were like pleasantly surprised, like really, because usually like there's no such person in Korea. So yeah, like just because like we were able to secure, like we were able to like start securing money as part of the uh, Series A funding, then that definitely put me back into the game, and I quit my full time job, and I, yeah, like and for those four years, I I did product management work for mobile game, mobile games, and then but I didn't even hesitate. I just quit quit the job, and then. Yeah, like just just rejoin the team. Wow. And uh, so how big are you now? How many employees are there and what are things looking like? So in Korea, we have about like 60 employees, I believe. And right now in the United States, about 20. And then the U.S. business is getting bigger and bigger and this is like the most actually the, the most the, the biggest business out of our portfolio and so our so we just opened the new office in richmond virginia and and yeah we have one we have four people over there but that office is gonna be like growing really fast are there, uh, well, certainly you met your partner, your co-founder, you met, uh, you know, kind of developed the idea at Darden. Uh, you were inspired by, a, you know, a significant faculty member, uh, you know, Sarah, Sarasvathi. Uh, were there other ways uh, in which your Darden experience may have influenced what uh, you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think... Um I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is a like, good answer, <laughs> even. But <laughs> all the, uh, I think, just like, yeah, all all the uh, networking and like all the uh, like official unofficial events, like you know, just like you know, like just just like playing. I mean, like even like I, I don't know if you know this event like the, even like tndc right like there, there's a, do you know tndc okay sure, so i'm a darn yeah, one too i mean so. yeah <laughs> i don't know like how, how it dates back but yeah like like just going going to like like a social activity is like this is this has become probably 
the greatest assets like for me and for me like you know like i'm I'm a really outgoing person i like to party and you know i love sports so like tndc was like really natural fit for me and then i went to i i, I went to <laughs> yeah i i'm pretty positive i went to definitely more than 50 percent of them like maybe like between 70 and 80 percent wow and that's impressive yeah, I went to, and I mean, I, mean I, I like social stuff, and I was a social chair for GMO Club too. And, but like this kind of thing matters. And Hoyoung's more like, you know, like he's social too, but like, you know, I'm a partier and he's a brain. <laughs> and, but, you know, like as a, like, especially like, you know, like as a foreign national, it's like, you know, like you go through all those, like, you know, social activities and like networking e- events and everything, like, it really kind of like, you know, like makes you as like somebody who can, you know, like who can do lots of things in, in, you know, in the U.S. society. And because it's, it's like every, every country has like different culture and, you know, like the fact like you might be a very social person and likable person in one country and one culture that might not like directly mean that like, you're the same person in different country. So for me, it's like, I mean, I, I've, I, I had lived in the States before, so that, that helped, but just going through like all these, like, you know, like, you know, like social aspects, like for two years that really helped me and just like, just, just, you know, like strengthen my leadership. So after two years, I was like really confident about like my leadership skills. And I wasn't really afraid of like taking the lead on the team. That's, you know, consists of the, uh, all the, uh, local people. So I think, uh, other than class and everything, just, I think these, really have added up and for me it's like you know like i'm in the i'm in the u.s so you know like i should know the culture and i should know like how things work i should know the etiquettes and i should know you know like you know what you know what 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 are the people's interests and everything so um i mean that really matter and then that's still like really big asset for me and just Thinking about like Darden days and I mean, I already studied business like in, 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 in college and I knew accounting finance and everything, marketing and, you know, and like other, like other skills, like, you know, I, I had like enough background to start the business and bring it over here. I didn't need MBA, but I think the most important asset is like really those intangible assets, like communication and leadership skills that I was able to get during the, uh, the course of two years. And I don't know, my, my sister-in-law is actually in, in Darden right now and she's a second year. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I told her like many, many times, it's like, yeah, go to TNDC and then, you know, like participate, like all the class events and, you know, other social activities. And this is like, you know, like, cause like there is no such setting once you graduated, like, you know, you're just joined into this business and no one gives you like, you know, practice round. It's like, no one gives you like the opportunity of like learning, you know, how to socialize and how to network people. 
And then I think the uh, like Darden program is like perfectly set up. And then the atmosphere of the uh, school is like really like help each other, get to know each other and, you know, like, and then just like tease each other. <laughs> so I think that's probably the biggest thing about attending Darden for me. Hmm. Well, uh, following that, uh, what advice would you give to a, either a current Darden student or maybe an, someone who's considering applying to Darden about the value of what you experienced here in setting you on your particular entrepreneurial path? In other words, what advice would you give someone who's thinking about doing something entrepreneurial? Is Darden mm-hmm. the right place to do that? And if so, why? Like, What, what would you tell them? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I say this all the time to, to media interview too. I've said it like many times and just like not even Darden, although I'm like, just like anyone that was thinking about just doing this, like, yeah, just execute it like right now. Like don't think, like don't wait another day, like to come up with like sexy business plan. Cause like, that's just a business plan. It's literally, it's not business. It's a plan. There's why the plan comes after business. And in, in reality, like, yeah, in reality, like it's, it's, it's not useful. I mean, it may be useful, but even like, even, even when you're like, you know, talking to investors, like, you know, some people have like uh, really fantasies about, you know, like, oh, I need to have like really good business plan with the numbers. But when you actually meet the investors and then like talk to them later, then like, you know, they're a lot more interested in your experience. And then they're a lot more experienced in your learnings from failure and that kind of stuff. So the numbers are just like the placeholder, the business plan, like that's a placeholder. And it's like, it doesn't get you the, uh, it doesn't get you there, but like, it's just the, a little bit of requirement. So I've seen a lot of people just like spending too much time thinking and coming up with business model, business plans, like, more so among the uh, like MBA graduates, but like don't don't sit down and think like just execute something and then deal with the mistakes. And then if you if you think like you know that you you messed it up, then then you can actually like learn from it and then you know like come up with a new direction. I think Sarah has actually wrote the uh, one of the, uh, the the research. I think it was like effectuation. I think effectuation. I think it was a yeah. I think she called it effectuation. Like that really helped us out too. So, like execute is the king, and like planning can actually come later. So don't spend too much time thinking. Just go for it, and then see how it goes. Fail faster. <laughs> That's, that's great advice no matter what you do. Hey, so last question. So what do you see as the future of, of NeoFact? And I guess by extension, your future. What's next? Uh, well, so far, like, yeah, so far, like, we've been really, like, focusing on, like, the products and then making great products. But... I think there's definitely room for us to develop like extra like service just because like we know the patients more and we have like enough data that we can analyze and we can come up with the uh the new directions for the uh 
you know, for, for the stroke patients or anyone else's like recovery. So we would love to come up with the, uh, like we, we would like to like become like, you know, like insightful company, like that can actually, you know, like just like come up with good findings, like when it comes to a stroke rehab. And we're also partnering with the uh, Stanford University, like stroke team there. And they already, they already published a study like using our software and the data. And then there's more to come actually. There's publishing another study. And then we are also closely working with them like for another matter, uh, other, other matters that I, I, I can't disclose, but so, and then, you know, like other, other, other like really like prestigious clinics in the States, like we're partnering with them. So just like become an insightful company, like that's our next step. And and the other direction is like, you know, so far we've been really focusing on rehab side, but now that like, you know, now that we, we ran on an IPO not, not last year, so we're a public company now. And so that means that we have more resources. So we would actually, we're planning to spend more resources in like, you know, like in, in, in the areas beyond the uh, rehab. Like for example, our latest product, Neo Mano, it hasn't come out yet, but we just introduced it at CES this year. And then it's a, yeah, it's a robotic hand and that actually moves, like that actually like, you know, moves the, uh, the fingers of people who do not have much hand grip or strength left. So, I mean, we realized that like over the course of time, we, we, were, we were getting really the, uh, the voice of customer and saying that, you know, like we have is, it can be a luxurious concept. It's like for, for us, like we don't have anything left. Then like, what are we going to do? So we thought we could, or we should like make, something that for, 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 for them. So this robotic hand and is, is going to like, you know, like make, make their life, like their day-to-day life better. So there's not only rehab, uh, we like to go beyond. And when it comes to like anyone, you know, who's in need and yeah, like CS introduction was like really great. And then yeah, spectators like, you know, like a good response. And it was actually part of the Indiegogo project and we already achieved over a hundred percent of the uh, fundraising there. So we're really looking forward to going beyond like what we are already comfortable and familiar with. Well, Scott, this is, you have such an amazing story and you, you speak so naturally in your, your, uh, like your <laughs> easygoing you. manner. It's wonderful. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Darden Founders Project, presented to you by Darden's Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. I'm your host, Sean Carr. For more information, come visit us at www.batteninstitute.org.